At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. This is the Los Angeles CityCast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome into your Friday edition. Happy Friday. Of the Los Angeles City Cast, presented by Bet River Sportsbook. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari. Some news on the college football front, at least for UCLA. They have officially hired a new defensive coordinator. It's Bill McGovern. We heard about this about two weeks ago, but was uh, confirmed finally, first reported by Bruno Port Online. He's 61. He's been coaching for 38 years. And most recently, he was the inside linebackers coach with the Chicago Bears. That is oddly specific. He was Chip Kelly's outside linebackers coach with the Eagles. There we go. That makes a little bit more sense. Sources are indicating McGovern agreed to a two-year contract worth about nine hundred thousand over two years, so about four fifty annually. For a point of reference, the former defensive coordinator Jerry Azanaro, who was very much uh, people loved that he left, <laughs> he was paid seven hundred fifty thousand for one year. Uh, so at least that's better. McGovern's last role as a defensive coordinator was actually 2009 to 2012 with Boston College. More on that later. It was actually the only time he officially was a defensive coordinator uh, as far as college. He spent six years as a linebacker coach with the Giants after leaving Philly and then one season with Scott Frost at Nebraska as a defensive analyst in 2020. Uh, Then he was hired by Kelly to the Eagles. He spent 27 years actually in the college ranks. So that's something. What years were they is my question because I'm sure recruiting's changed just a a touch. Uh, But he met Chip Kelly through Azanaro. And uh, the two worked together at UMass and Boston College. So all in the family here of the guy that was ousted. Uh, A source indicated actually too that the UCLA athletic director Martin Jarman who is UCLA's AD, obviously. He was the AD at Boston College before coming to UCLA, and he supported this hiring because he received good feedback or reviews from some acquaintances uh, with Boston College Athletic Department. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. That's the update. That's all I'm going to say. I don't know. Is it my favorite hire? No. But we'll see how it works out. In today's show, we'll talk about the NBA. We're going into All-Star Weekend. I will probably not bet on this a lot, but we'll touch on it a little bit because Steve Mackinnon, who is a great, great contributor to Point Spread Weekly, which is um, from VSIN, the Vegas Stats and Information Network, the Sports Betting Network, um, he wrote a little write-up on this as well, so we'll go over some of that. And also wrap up Jazz at Lakers, Rockets at Clippers, final games before the weekend. Uh, and they'll actually face off next week. Then we'll get into some men's college basketball and welcome in Jim Root from Three Man Weave to discuss UCLA, USC, and the state of the Pac-12 as we inch closer to March. We actually recorded this conversation earlier in the day on Thursday because the UCLA basketball game was at night. 
Um, so we didn't want to keep Jim up past his bedtime. We did have him get a prediction for the UCLA and USC basketball games that went on on Thursday night. So um, we can double back now at the start of this pod and see if he was right. So if things seem a little topsy-turvy, apologies for that. But I will make it as clear as possible. Before we get into all of that, though, first things first, we check out the Los Angeles Lions available at Bet River Sportsbook. For the NBA, Clippers 12 to 1 to win the West. The Lakers are 35 to 1. And uh, the Lakers are 25 to 1 to win the championship right now. Clippers 80 to 1. Like I said, their next game for both of them after the All Star break will be on February 25th. I believe that is a Friday. Lakers versus Clippers. We are definitely going to talk about that on next Friday's pod. And we'll have JVT, I'm hoping, Jonathan Von Tobel, our senior NBA analyst, on to discuss that next week. But right now, All-Star Weekend headed in. NCAA men's basketball, UCLA right now, 22-1 to on Bet Rivers to win the tourney. And USC, 60-1 to to win it. Pac-12 odds were not up after this game just yet. But you can find all these odds and so much more at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Now, when we talk about the NBA in LA as it pertains, the Lakers played Wednesday. We talked about this game on Wednesday's pod. Jazz at Lakers and the Lakers do it again they not only cover as five point dogs but they beat the Jazz for the second time in a row uh, total sitting at 227 for this one and it did go under Lakers rallied really I mean they upset them here 106 to 101 uh, that actually snapped the Jazz's six game winning streak I was surprised to see that when we talked about this game I was kind of back and forth didn't know what we were going to see obviously that's how I felt with the Lakers as of late but uh, maybe an in-game play would have been worth it the way I looked at it, the Lakers came out to a fast start, and I didn't know I was going to get an opportunity to jump back in them on them in the way that I would like to have. Uh, so I didn't actually end up betting this game, but the under did hit. I thought that was pretty, pretty dead on. The bad news, Anthony Davis expected to be sidelined at least two weeks after suffering a right ankle sprain in the first half of that win on Wednesday night. It was pretty gross to watch. I hate when they hurt ankles, and maybe that's just because I had a terrible ankle uh, from cheerleading my whole life. Shout out to cheerleading. Seriously so dangerous and awful for the joints, for the body. But yeah, that was a brutal ankle one to watch, and it swelled. Oh god, it swelled so much. Uh, but they're saying at least two weeks, but I think that they'll have more information, obviously, as this time passes. Oddly enough, Aaron Donald was actually courtside at this game, so I was like, oh, can't you just switch in one AD for the other? No. Apparently not. Luckily, dun -dun -dun -dun, LeBron was there to save the day. He scored actually 15 of his 33 points in the fourth quarter. This is the, this is the whole strategy. LeBron is the Lakers betting strategy for me. If they are down... Heading into the fourth, I trust that LeBron's going to either A, get us close enough to win it because he's trying to win the game, so give me plus 10 or whatever I'm getting on the Lakers, or he's actually going to win it if the Lakers, or really when I say Lakers, I mean LeBron is better individually himself than an entire uh, other team that he's facing, then give me Lakers money line live. But haven't been playing that as much lately because, again, LeBron's been in and out and Anthony Davis has been in and out. There's just been a lot of things that are moving targets, if you will. So... LeBron's going to LeBron. His career best streak now, 23 straight games scoring 25 or more points. This is unbelievable. We should just revel in this. I mean, especially with the news of Tom Brady retiring this last year. How much longer do we have with LeBron? I know he wants to play with his son and all of that, but just really appreciate the beauty that, that we get to watch right now. And I'm not even like the biggest LeBron fan. I was never like, oh yeah, LeBron. But now I'm like, there's just a reverence, right? There's a respect level where you're like, God, just so fun to watch this guy play basketball and how much longer do we get to do it? Here's the breakdown for the Lakers, though. 
literally calling it a breakdown because that's where they're kind of at. And even Vogel was talking about this. It's like, for them, it's just a season of overcoming adversity after another. And they're not alone. The Clippers are in a similar boat, actually. But definitely handling it differently. Now, they're number nine in the Western Conference, I believe, at, well, now 28 and 31. They're, what, three, four games behind the Nuggets, who hold the sixth seed. If they can get the seven or eight seed, you win your first playing game, you know, then you're the seven seed, you could have a shot. So as long as LeBron, I mean, I think actually, maybe it was Shannon Sharp, who I never listened to, really, myself, not my cup of tea, if you will. But I think it was him, I saw this on Twitter, talking about this, and he's like, if LeBron is healthy, then... That was a great impression. If LeBron is healthy, then this Lakers team will be fine. And... uh. I'm inclined to agree with him, not quite as loudly as he would say it, um, or aggressively, or any of that. But, yeah, I think that LeBron is a secret sauce, and I think that's been proved time and time again, at least as far as I'm concerned, as a better. So, it all kind of comes down to him, and unfortunately, that's really sad, because they did so much to get Russell Westbrook in this equation, and it just hasn't worked out. Uh, As for the Clippers, they hosted the Rockets on Thursday. They were 11.5-point favorites, and I did not want to touch this game. I went on Rush Hour, which is also sponsored by Bet Rivers. It's hosted by Danny Burke. It's on VSIN. And I was on that show before this game on Thursday, and we kind of talked about it. I said the Rockets are allowing, you know, 124 points per 100 possessions in the last four weeks. They're a huge over team. Most of their games go over. Um... And, you know, the Clippers, while their offense has kind of improved, their defense has really slipped. They were allowing 114.4 points per 100 possessions uh, on defense, which that's just in the last four weeks, but it ranks them 20th in the NBA in the last four weeks. And this is a defense that's usually in the top five, top 10. I mean, I think that the worst I saw them was like seventh in this category. Um, On offense, of course, though, a little bit of improvement. They were averaging 113.6 points per 100 possessions. And again, playing the Rockets, not a very good team. So prime opportunity for an over. I was nervous because the Rockets had to play the Suns the day before. They were on the road. They were on the road versus the Clippers. And I was worried about their legs, how they were going to look. Because they kept that Suns game close. And it was high scoring. It was like 127 and 124, I want to say. They lost by three. So I figured coming off that, similar to the Clippers coming off of, you know, their big win over the Warriors, just on no rest, I thought that's what we would see, but nevertheless, 142 to 111 really finished with a bang heading into All-Star Weekend. The Clippers win 142, easily cover as 11 and a half point favorites. They shot 55% field goal shooting percentage and 51% from three. Great, great shooting night for them. And they were not the only team in LA to have a great shooting night. And spoiler alert, it was my favorite team. Yay, they're back in the mix. Uh, but yeah. I didn't want to bet this over because I did not want to bet on the Rockets' offense. I did not want to lay double digits with the Clippers. Not really, you know. Um, But I easily could have, as we see here. The Rockets did shoot 46% themselves as well. That said, they allowed 111 points. I would love to see the Clippers' defense get back on track a little bit more to what we were seeing from the start of the season. But can't wait to talk to JVT next week if we can get him on the show uh, to get his thoughts on this. Because not only is he our NBA senior analyst, but also... Uh, he's a Clippers fan, so I want to see... I know that he pays extra special attention to them. He likes them, and I want to see what he thinks about where they're kind of at. I've seen his articles on VSIN. I've checked in there, but uh, we'll hopefully get to hear his thoughts on that. Now, as far as the All-Star game goes, if you want to bet on that, here's some details. 
Uh, a lot of this is from Steve Mackinnon's article on VSIN, uh, because again, this is definitely not my forte, but betting on all-star games, um, and not something that I have handicapped personally a lot. So I did like some of these notes that Steve Mackinnon put up on VSIN, and I'm sure in Point Spread Weekly as well. You can subscribe to that on vsin.com. It's totally worth it. Um, or you can just subscribe to VSIN overall, get to watch all the shows, and you get Point Spread Weekly for free anyways. So... All-Star Game. This year's game will be played in Cleveland for the first time since 1997 at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, where LeBron used to, you know, play. He actually used his first pick for his team to choose Giannis Antetokounmpo, as we know from the Bucks, aka the MVP, a year ago. Yeah. Per this game and the NBA Finals, by the way. So, <laughs> LeBron James, Giannis on the same team. Seems unfair. Uh, flashback to a year ago, Team LeBron beat Team Durant. 170 to 150 on a total of 319 and a half. Are people care about this game? I'm sorry. Is this fun for anybody? Look, it's a step above the Pro Bowl for sure. I don't want to watch the Pro Bowl at all. Zero percent. This at least, you know, it's like what Harlem Globetrottery. Anyways, uh, <laughs> the game uh, going over the total. Uh, I mean, the record for that 13 to two in the last 15 games. So yeah, these tend to go over. Um, because, yeah, like, a pretty sharp line there. 319 and a half, it finished 170 to 150. Just barely gets over that to that 320 mark. I don't know why you'd want to bet this, but it is 13 and 2 to the over in the last 15 games, for what it's worth. In terms of sides, favorites have won seven straight games outright, and they've gone to 5, 1, and 1 ATS. Or, here's a bright idea. You could just bet on college basketball. <laughs> There's plenty of games. And Hoops Peterson, Greg Peterson, who hosts the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN and his Coast to Coast podcast, which is incredible if you are a college basketball fan. He breaks down every single game. He bets on every single game. Uh, he would love to have you come join his cult of college basketball betting, and I personally love it as well. Uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show here, Jim Root and I had a conversation before UCLA and USC played on Thursday night. Um, just to check in on where he thought about UCLA and USC so far, heading into March, and the Pac-12 in general. Uh, he predicted UCLA game would be 68-63. to 63. You'll hear that at the end of his conversation, which is coming up uh, next segment. But uh, final score for UCLA hosting Washington State, 76-56. to 56. So... Definitely not what he was predicting. He was predicting a UCLA win by five, but no, UCLA bounces back in a big, big way, even with their point guard, Tiger Campbell, out. Now, he warmed up. He was playing, and maybe that was to kind of, or not playing, but he was warming up, and it looked like he was going to play. They announced it about 30 minutes before the game that he would be out of the game due to team violations. He's only missing one game. That's what Mick Cronin said after. Uh, so I'm not sure if they had him warming up and all that. Probably just to, what, mess with Washington State, but... He was out of the mix, and the Bruins still shot over 50%. Jake Kyman was getting more minutes. The offense was running a lot more fluid. David Singleton was in there. Jalen Clark, the defensive machine, second highest scoring, I believe, finished with 18 points, and only behind, what, Johnny Juzang, I think, by one point. Johnny had 19. Uh, so I love a Jalen Clark game. I would love to see this guy get his offense going, too. It was a thing of beauty. So much fun to watch. I was there in person, too, so that was just even more fun. Uh, but number 13, UCLA, improves the 10-4 and four in conference play, and that's just what they needed because leading up to this game, they were, you know, lost three of their last four, I believe. So I totally understand Jim predicting this to be, you know, within five points. And also Will Hill, who's a friend of the show, he hosts the New York City cast, uh, was texting me before the game asking me, hey, this UCLA line's off, right? Like, 
Washington. And I go, well, yeah, I'm not going to bet it because I'm not going to bet against the Bruins tonight. I'll do it occasionally, but it's not fun for me always. Uh, this was a 10-point spread, so it would have been, you know, fine. I'm like, yeah, UCLA can still win and I can cover. But I didn't, I didn't know. And I, I said this in the pod, actually, on Wednesday. I didn't want to bet on this game not knowing what offense I was going to get from UCLA. And isn't that the truth? Because <laughs> they come out and shoot over 50%. Who is this? Who is this team? Also, the three-point shooting. I haven't seen this three-point shooting team from UCLA in I don't know how long. So it was delightful. Uh, and then Jim also said that for the USC game, they hosted Washington. USC is number 17 right now in the AP poll. He said that would be 64 to 60. I thought so too. I thought this was going to be a tight game, good defensive matchup. 79 to 69, USC wins this. But they leave the back door open for Washington to cover as 11 and a half point dogs and the overhits. But really, USC had like a 95% chance of covering like most of this game. Uh, and I actually was checking in, obviously, on this game as well, because I had a bet on this. I had Washington plus 10, which was an alternate line at plus 120, because I got real cute with it. I just got really, really into my numbers. I had too much time to analyze this game. And I was like, I don't think USC has blown out a team since mid-January. And even teams that it's played before, and maybe there's something to that. You play a team a second time, things are a little bit tighter, and they hadn't played Washington yet this season. They'd played Washington State, but not Washington, so... Maybe that doesn't apply there, but I did think we're not seeing USC blow people out or, or hit these double-digit point spreads in the last month or so. Uh, even UCLA, a game that they should have won by like 30, was a three-point victory with UCLA shooting 29%. Now that's a credit to UCLA's defense also, but yeah, I didn't think so. So that's kind of how I landed on Washington plus 10, and lo and behold, uh, it lands on a push because USC loses by 10, and Washington gets the cover as 11 and a half point dogs and uh that's tough if you're a usc backer but should have listened to me i told you they're not covering these huge spreads anyways <laughs> ucla meanwhile i uh, had two bets on that game i gave one out on a show of course that's the one that didn't cash and then i made another one before the game started and that one did so that's the way it goes sometimes uh, i had ucla washington state under 129 and a half which was a loss but i was trying to bob and weave here because i did think both of these bets could hit i was talking to someone and they said oh you're hedging and i was like no i think that they could both hit and uh that's not the way this played out obviously because ucla shot 50 percent uh, but i had first half over 16 and a half points which seemed egregiously low to me given that the total for this game was 129 why was the first half only 16 and a half at this book um, and then also UCLA to win the first half at minus 300. So obviously wouldn't want to lay minus 300 for UCLA to win the first half, but I paired that up with the over on the total points for the half, uh, and that got me to plus 154 as a parlay. I really liked this bet, and I laid two units on it. This covered, the under did not. Worked out fine for me because I had more units on it, and it was plus money. So that worked out great. Um... And even no, no Tiger Campbell in, but I'm excited to have him back in the mix on Saturday because that is what's next for the LA schools. They will swap Washington opponents, so that means that UCLA will host Washington, and then USC will be hosting Washington State. This should be a little bit easier matchup for USC, I believe, um, so maybe they do cover. I wonder what the point spread's going to be. Probably has to be double digits again, um, so that'll be interesting. They just don't close out games sometimes. They're almost the opposite of the Bruins. I think the Bruins do a good job of kind of coming alive in the last couple minutes to even cover spreads. And USC almost has done the opposite, I think, on several occasions. Um, and that's not that's not bias, guys. That's facts. Go look it up. 
Anyways, we'll talk more about that, uh, I'm sure, on Monday's show about how all that went. And UCLA actually has a makeup game on Monday as well. They'll be hosting Arizona State, so three games for them in five days. And then they hit the road to play the Oregon school, so lots and lots to look forward to for them. Uh, but other than that, let's get Jim Rudin uh, next, or at least the conversation I had with him. Uh, so coming up, my conversation with Jim Root from Three Man Weave, we discussed... Pac-12 basketball and more, and even the teams uh, that he's looking at heading into March. Some interesting tidbits here. That's next on the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Looking for a hot tip to bet on? Check out the new match tips at Bet River Sportsbook. The new tips feature gives you special insights on player props and match bets for the top tips of the day. Go to Bet Rivers before the game, find your match, and tap the tips icon to see independent research on recent team and player performance. Bet with confidence. Visit the Bet Rivers mobile app or go to betrivers.com and get the top tips of the day. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Playable only in states where Bet Rivers is licensed and in New Jersey at Play Sugar House. Welcome back into the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm, of course, your host, Danielle Alvari, but very excited to welcome back into the pod Jim Root from Three Man Weave. You can find him on Twitter at Second Chance Points. Jim, how you doing? I'm wonderful. We're, we are creeping ever closer to March. We're under two weeks away. I can taste conference tournaments and then, boom, Selection Sunday, NCAA tournament. It's the best time of the year. I completely agree with you. This is this is my absolute favorite. People get sad when the Super Bowl ends, but I'm like, that means March Madness is almost here, yep. which is my favorite sporting event in the year. Before we get into this, by the way, um, I noticed that you you contribute to a lot of places. Obviously, VSIN, the sports betting network. I've seen you on Action, lots of places. But Action has a bio on you, yeah. and you majored in accounting and used to be a CPA, I, like for six years. How did you make this transition? Yeah, wow, I forgot that was in the bio. Uh, yeah, yeah, I. I uh... I think I was. I really sitting, caught him off guard here, guys. I was so sitting apologize. in a cubicles, not fully enjoying myself, and I was uh, obsessed with college hoops, and figured, yeah, I'll, I'll just you know do this as a hobby, and it slowly but surely grew. I still get to work in Microsoft Excel frequently, which is wonderful for me. A great meeting of the accounting plus basketball minds. Uh, but yeah, it, it was it was kind of like the let's try the passion thing after I've done the the safe auditor option for years. Very interesting transition, but also makes a lot of sense. And so it's interesting that you mentioned Excel because I, that's kind of what I wanted to ask you was, do you take anything that you used to do into your handicapping? Does anything from your previous life help you? Yeah, basically every Excel formula I've ever learned. Like there was a point where I was learning Excel formulas for the college basketball stuff. And then I'd use them at my work and be like, see, I, yeah, this is good. Like I, I specifically remember in an interview for a new job in the accounting world, they're asking me about specific Excel usage stuff. And I was like, I know how to do that. And I know because of college basketball. <laughs> so it's it's been very, uh, it was a symbiotic relationship for a while until I cut bait and went full hoops. Well, we're really glad you did. And obviously we're going to get into talking about that because Selection Sunday is right, right around the corner. And the Pac-12 is a bit of a mess, as per usual, frankly. Last week looked like we could send maybe four teams from the Pac-12. Arizona, UCLA, and USC seem like locks. Uh, Washington State or Oregon could have qualified for an at-large. And, of course, there's always the Pac-12 tournament. Somebody has to win that. But then Saturday happened, right? Yeah. Oregon loses to Cal, who is 4-11 in conference and was playing without their best player, I believe. Yep. And then Washington State loses to Arizona State a team that's four and nine, and I don't want to bash on them too hard because UCLA lost to Arizona State <laughs> as well. They were actually swept by the Arizona schools. 
Um, they've lost three of their past four leading up to their Thursday night game versus Washington State, which we are recording this before that if you're listening to this on Friday. But don't worry, we're going to get Jim's uh, prediction on that Thursday night game, and then we can check and see how close he came. Uh, but USC not doing well either. Swept by Stanford. They didn't come close to beating Arizona. Um, at this point, doesn't look like any number one, two, or three seeds here for UCLA or USC. I mean, what do you think of the state of this Pac-12 mess? Yeah, it's it's kind of the still the like haves and have nots, I guess. Arizona's looking in line for one of the top seeds, pro- probably a one seed at this point. UCLA's resume is still solid, despite the little slide lately. I, I could see them right right around that three seed line. USC is still safe too. It's just that the, the Oregon loss at home to Cal is the confusing one, and it wasn't just a loss. They gave up like a 24-0 run in the first half and were never within single digits. It, you can't do that when you're desperate. They, like Basically, it, per bracket matrix, the, the site that aggregates all the projections, Oregon is like on the cut line. They are either the last team in or the first team out. So they need good performances down the stretch, and that starts tonight. Uh, as you said, we're recording this before it happens, but they're at Arizona State, and that's, that's one they cannot drop if they want to make the field. Yeah. I mean, what do you make of this Oregon team as well? Because when I had uh, Tim Murray on a couple weeks ago, he said that he liked them maybe to win the Pac-12 tournament because they actually had the best odds at the time when we recorded that because UCLA was still around 3-1. to one. I think Arizona was minus 130 at that time. And then UCLA obviously has shot up, I think, 30-1 to one or something at Bat Rivers now. Uh, so you can get a little bit better action on them now. But what do you think of this Oregon team? Because after this loss to Cal, I don't know what to make of them. Yeah, I've I I keep thinking I know what to make of them, and then they do something that completely throws me off. Like early in the season, I I love them. I will fully admit here uh, to you and to the, the world that I predicted them to make the Final Four on our preseason podcast, and they started terribly, and it looked like the worst prediction in the world. Then they went to L.A., they swept uh, Oregon and USC, and it was like they're back. This is the Dana Altman trajectory. They're they're going to come around in March. But then they dropped that mystery game to Cal, and they just keep throwing you off the scent. I, I still I think lean on or, or uh, prefer or, or expect them to get back to where I expected them. Like they've been a, a great March team for years and years with the way Altman prepares them, the different defenses they play. They usually trend up and peak at the right time, but they're kind of running out of time to do so. It's about time to, to get going on that trajectory. Well, speaking of peaking at the right time, I wanted to ask you about UCLA and USC's trajectory, but more UCLA here because this almost reminds me of how last season went for them. Like, they kind of fell off at the end. The Pac-12 tournament was just terrible for them and still get in in the first four and then obviously make it to the final four, and that's how crazy March is. It's just one game at a time. Uh, But what do you think about UCLA? Because it kind of seems like the wheels are falling off here, but that's what it looked like last season. Yeah, I'm not terribly worried about UCLA. I I think... Uh, yeah, like you mentioned last year, they ended with four straight losses heading into March Madness. It was like they, they've got no momentum, and yeah. suddenly you create your own momentum in that kind of event. Uh, but Jaime Hawkins has been banged up. You know, he's he's been dealing with mm-hmm. I think two ankle issues. Like the fact that yes. he's he's playing through that is admirable, but he's clearly not been himself. So hopefully they've gotten a little time to rest this week. You know, having Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off, get him closer to full strength, get Juzang back on track, and. I think they're still going to be a threat come March and, and maybe the, the second favorite to win that Pac-12 tournament behind Arizona. Yeah. What did you think of the UCLA-Arizona matchups that we saw? Obviously, UCLA taking the first one at home and then Arizona completely demolishing them when they had them. Yeah, it seemed kind of reflective of 
Arizona being a young team. Uh, on the road, they had a lot of trouble. They couldn't make shots. I believe their their two starting guards were 0 for 20 from the field, something like that. Yeah, Peterson. Yep. Yeah, Peterson will lock you down. That was an issue. But I, I was at uh, the UCLA at Arizona game in person. Went down to Tucson for that one. That's and, right. I saw you tweeting about this. Yeah. So that was that was cool to be at. Great environment. Uh, and I thought UCLA did actually a pretty impressive job battling back. So, uh, Arizona had all the momentum. They were playing great, had the crowd on their side. Then UCLA cut it to three with about two and a half minutes left. It got dicey. Unfortunately, they didn't pull it out. But I, I think that does say something about a team that even with the, the injuries they kind of were dealing with, like uh, Hakez almost didn't play that one. They cut it to three late in a hostile environment against a team that's going to get a one seed. That shows the ceiling that UCLA still has, the resilience I think they'll they'll be fine, and, and those Arizona games are pretty positive indicators, even though they only went one and one. I like that. Even in a loss, a positive indicator yeah. for you. Team moral like. victories, it, baby. Oh yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's you know it's something, uh, but I do think I agree with you that UCLA's maturity kind of showed through there, and also they're able to rely on this defense that Coach McCronin has instilled. Where he falls short or where maybe fans are starting to get a little question marks is the offense, right? And UCLA's offense has been so off lately. So it's really interesting to me because as a better, there was a time where UCLA has not been like a cover machine at all this season. They've actually kind of been the opposite, um, which is interesting because it's almost like they're underperforming what the expectations are. But I kind of thought they were rated too high at the start of the season, as I believe you did as well. So to me, it was no surprise they weren't covering these spreads. But all of a sudden, I mean, for example, that last game, uh, you know, Tiger Campbell cannot be your highest point scorer with everybody else not even close to double digits. So uh, do you think that that's something that they will just kind of, that's going to be a get right thing where they get back on track? Or does it need something that needs to be addressed where it can't just be ISO to Johnny, there needs to be a little bit more offense? Yeah, you'd like to see a little more run. And, and I'm sure there are a couple, if we have any Cincinnati Bearcat listeners, fan <laughs> listeners are like, yeah, this is, this is what we always saw from Mr. Cronin. And uh. that, that frustrated them with their postseason success. But you know, Mick went to the final four with UCLA. Clearly he can win there. He can get it done. Um, it's just the, part of that run was the, the brilliance of Juzang and what he what he did in terms of tough shot making. And in some of the shot quality numbers, there's a, a website called Shot Quality. It rates UCLA fairly low in terms of the shots, the quality of the shots they're taking. But they have really good shot makers. So it just makes them a little bit more volatile in terms of outcomes. If those shots aren't going in one night, then they can play kind of poorly. But... They, they are capable of making all of them and, and doing so in a multi-game stretch like they did last March. So just continuing to keep the faith a little bit. It's just a matter of, I think, getting Juzang going, getting him more confident. This is the doldrums of the season. I think we'll still see the Bruins peak towards the end of the year here. Okay, I'm going to end on a positive note with the UCLA chatter. But let's also talk about USC, of course, who, uh, you know, not actually... I mean, kind of a young team, but not really. And so I think I was expecting a little bit more from them, actually. They've cleaned up some issues. I mean, we still have free throw issues with them, I think. Um, I was worried more about their turnovers towards the start of the season, but that could have just been start of season, kind of shaking things out. Um, they've kind of gotten that a little bit back on track, but it just seems like they don't really get locked in to win these games that they should definitely win. Um, they're not covering any of these double-digit point spreads that they end up getting. So... I'm not really sure how legit this USC team is. It's not a team that I love to bet on, let's say, and not just because I'm a homer with UCLA. <laughs> yeah, make sure you get that out of the way. I don't want any any critics coming after you for that. They'll um, do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so USC, their resume is like, it's solid. The re the record is really, really gaudy, but they don't have the, the top-of-the-line wins. They didn't secure a ton of Q1 wins in the non-conference, as you would expect for a team with a 21-4 and record in the Pac-12. 
Uh, but they, they've got to get Isaiah Mobley healthy. He's missed the last two with that uh, the facial injury. I believe it's a broken nose. I think that's what it yeah, was. Yeah, non non whatever it's called, not in his place. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they were. I know he was getting fitted for a mask, but they didn't bring him back for the UCLA game and still won anyways, which is which is actually a good testament to them. Yeah. And sometimes with those shorter term injuries, they can they can be really beneficial because you get other guys to rise up into that role and, and gain confidence. Then you put Mobley back in there, and it's like, okay, now we've actually got a beefed-up rotation with multiple stars. So there, there's a chance that they can turn that into a, a positive spin and build off that win over UCLA. But I still remain a little skeptical of USC, too, primarily because of the guard play. And as you mentioned, the free-throw shooting is really, really bad. Yeah. Like, really, really yeah. bad. Like Bottom 10 in the country, country type bad. thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, terrible. Like, I was at the park yesterday shooting, and I went 7 of 10, and that's about what they're shooting right now. Yeah, let's, so. let's get you a uniform if you can make 7 yeah. of 10. <laughs> and there was a pretty crazy bird playing some, like, pretty good defense, so making some crowd noise, so... <laughs> That's the situation. Obviously, it's the same situation. Um, but no, when we when we look at this, I mean, the Pac-12, it seems like on any given night, any team could beat another team. So that's what gets a little bit messy here. Because like you said, what business did Cal have beating, you know, an Oregon team? So that's kind of the state of things here. But that's kind of nice for betting because you can try to find edges where there's maybe mismatches with these teams. Beyond the Pac-12 leading into March, are there any teams that you're really excited about or bets that you've already made? I have a ton of preseason futures. I went a little probably overboard in terms of some of those. Uh, one that I think is it might still have some value right now, and this is probably going to sound crazy considering the narratives around them early, but Memphis is good now. It's just kind of a, a fact we have to accept. They were bad early on, didn't live up to the hype, but they've got most of the lineup back intact, specifically DeAndre Williams' key piece. The win at Houston was a really big step compared to last year when they went to Houston and lost in overtime got over the hump this year. They're awesome defensively. They're so athletic, and they're starting to sort things out a little offensively. So there's still questions with coaching and, and taking care of the ball for them. But given the number that I think is out there for them right now, I saw like triple digits or so. I think they could make a run. They have the talent to be up there in like the top 10 teams in the country, and they're, and they're starting to realize that potential. Yeah. That's interesting because obviously everybody likes to talk about Gonzaga, but they also like to talk about how Gonzaga is in the WCC and maybe that's not the most challenging conference. And so, of course, they're winning the way that they are. What are your thoughts on them? Because I I mean, last year I thought it was their year, but I think this is their year. What do you think? I, I do, too. Again, like I just like you said, yeah, last year I was I was beating that drum. I was like, this is it. This is yeah. Gonzaga's year. They're undefeated. Look how good they are. But man, I, I totally buy this team. And, and the difference between this year and last year is Chet Holmgren's rim protection. They, they did not have anything even remotely close to that last year. Now they have one of the 10 best shot blockers in the country. So to go from no rim protection to arguably one of the best in the country, it, it, it's crazy. Like they still generate awesome shots offensively. They have Timmy in the post uh, just destroying people one-on-one. -on -one. But now they're awesome defensively, too. They rank first in the entire country in offensive effective field goal percentage and defensive effective field goal percentage. That's hard to do. I do think Gonzaga gets there. That's on getting but... quality shots. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I do think Gonzaga gets there, but I will still defend them to my death even if they come up short. I just, I, I just think it's hard to win that. national titles. It's hard. It is. It is. Like, the fact that UCLA made it to the Final Four, amazing. Mm -hmm. Because... It's Plinko. Everything had to go that direction. But um, you brought up Chet Holger, and I have to ask about him one last time. It's not just the rim production. This guy can do it all. It's kind of crazy the agility he has for his size. I mean, 
I don't know what answer any other team is going to have for him at this point. Yeah, and he's he's figured out how to play with Timmy. I think early in the year when they took the losses to Alabama yeah. and to Duke, they weren't really sure how to operate together. But uh, Holmgren shooting like 58% from three in conference play. And so he's stretching <laughs> the like floor. like seven feet tall. I know. And, and he can handle the ball. Like when he gets a defensive rebound and brings it up himself and either goes to the rim for a dunk or pulls up for three, it's like, okay, what? How do you guard that? That no one, no one can defend that. So, that has added an extra element that they didn't have last year, and they still have basically everything else with the, the strong point guard play. Timmy, great coaching. I think Gonzaga can do it. I'll, I'll say it every year, and, and maybe one year I'll be right. How about that? Yeah, one of these years we have to be at yeah. this point. They've made it to so many, you know, <laughs> elite eights and final fours at this point that we're like, okay, when are we going to get this final one in? I want it for Coach View. I do, and I think this is their year. Yep. Uh, but, Jim, thank you so much for making the time. I appreciate you as always. I did not know you used to be a CPA. I'm going to ask you so many more math questions now. Please do, uh, But yeah. thank you <laughs> to Jim Root from Three Man Weave. You can find him there, and you can find him on Twitter at Second Chance Points. Thanks so much, Jim. Yep. Thank you for having me. And thanks so much for listening to the Los Angeles City Cast. Remember, new shows three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I'll be back for more fun and games on Monday. Enjoy All-Star Weekend. And uh, we'll see if... Uh, well, Jim, wait. Let's get your prediction before right. we have you go. Prediction. Oh, I almost missed it. I want to know your prediction for this UCLA-Washington State game or uh, USC-Washington also going on on Thursday night. I'll, I'll give a score for both just for fun. We'll see how far off I am. I'll say UCLA wins 68-63. to 63 over Washington okay. State. So close one, Washington State would cover there. And then USC, I also think that one's going to be close. I'll go 64-60 to 60 for the Trojans. So I think they both win but do not cover would be my prediction. Okay, weirdly enough, I'm going to record the start of this podcast after the show or after the game. So we will get to check out yeah, those predictions. You can, you can you dunk on my predictions if they're way off. I, I, I give you no, permission. <laughs> we would never. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> That's it for the show. Come on back for more of the Los Angeles CityCast on Monday. Thank you. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 